Welcome to episode 805 of Caracon Carne, sponsored by 90 Days in the 90s. It's a book. It's a fiction book. And I know a lot of people who listen to or watch Caracon Carne are in the general Chicago area. And if you are, you know that the 90s Chicago scene was amazing. A once-in-a-lifetime lightning-in-a-bottle moment. And the character in 90 Days in the 90s has the ability to go back to the 90s in Chicago. Time travels back via the gray line, which you might not find on a CTA map. It's a time travel thing. But Darby goes back in time, and she has to decide. She has 90 days to decide whether she should stay in the Chicago of the 90s or come back. What would you do? What does she do? Find out. 90 days in the 90s, written by Andy Fry. You can get it on Amazon or 90daysinthe90s.com. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van So before I introduce tonight's guest for car con carne, I want to mention Siren Records in McHenry. Friends of car con carne, they've been sponsors of Carcon Carne. Just this past week over the holidays, they had a catastrophic event at their store. Burst pipes, tons of destroyed, forever damaged inventory. There is a GoFundMe set up for them. I linked to it from my personal Facebook page, James Van Osdell. And if you can't contribute to the GoFundMe, I know it's tough. There are so many of those floating out there. Sometimes it's hard to contribute. Sharing the information goes a long way. So if you can't contribute, if you if you feel up to it, share the information. Certainly hoping for the best for our friends at Siren Records and McHenry. So welcome to Carcon Carne. I'm James Van Osdell. And you may know my guest from Hoydog Pondering or from working with the likes of John Mellencamp and Alejandro Escovedo or local favorites like the CNK and Aluminum Group. She is the award-winning violinist, composer, and solo artist Susan Vells, and she joins me tonight remotely. Hello, Susan. Hello, JVO. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. You know, right, right out of the gate, I want to acknowledge the fact that you were part of the Kate Bush revival long before Stranger Things even happened. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep. That was beautiful. I'm, I'm yep. holding up the uh, Kate Bush tribute. This was late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Dunning wanted to put that together and had all sorts of artists, you know, just just uh, reinventing Kate Bush songs. It was really something. Spectacular covers. You do the sensual world. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I love that whole album and that song in particular. Your take on it is delightful. But yeah, I when I realized we were going to talk, I'm like, oh, I want to dig back into this because this was this was a nice little comp. Yeah, it was beautiful. Day. Yeah, and when I when I listen back to it, I go, I I realize that I always love. I mean, I'm a violinist, so I love when strings weave with guitars or weave with drums, but I just love the idea, not necessarily fiddle stuff, that's not for me, And but but the weaving of those tones is really something. So that's what I was going for in that record, I think. I, I'm going to kind of work backward from my, what I had intended to talk to you about. Let's talk about the violin for a second. You, that is, that is, that is your instrument and you, you play it so well. Thank you. I, I think, you know, as kids are in school and going through music classes, which hopefully they still are these days, the violin is something that kids aren't drawn to the way they maybe used to be back when I was growing up or maybe when you were growing up. How do we make the violin or how do we 
let the world know that the violin is something as versatile as it is, that it doesn't have to exist solely in the world of classical music. Well, I think a lot of people are doing that now. I mean, when I was coming up, um, it was, you know, fiddle, there was some jazz violin or just classical. So I, I was good at it, but I kept feeling like I was uh, just typewriting, you know, just do, tell me play loud, play soft. I didn't, there was no connection at all. And that's such a, it's a, it's such a gap. I mean, to play music and not be connected to what you're doing, but that, and it took playing in a rock band or playing with someone who was just saying, okay, you know, play this melody at the beginning and then play F and G through the whole song. And literally I, I taught myself how to improvise that way using kind of the theory of um, theme and variation, like in classical music. And I think the, the feeling is everything. And so um I, I, you know, after when I, at some point, put together a violin studio and was teaching violinists that were studying Suzuki and hit about the teen years. And they're very, they're like, oh, I'm tired of playing this. And I taught them how to improvise and how to, um, you know, just create and be connected to what they're doing. So that's one way to do it. You know, I, I had this studio and I had him play with Poi Dog and it was wild and the audience loved it. And they were so, you know, they were so sweet. You know, their energy was so, meant so much. So is that for an adult? Would that be hard to pick up? Yes. Okay. <laughs> there, there is the phrase, it's never too late, <laughs> but it would be hard. You know, violin, you have to have, I think to begin, you have to have, not have so many repeated motions as a grown person, you know, to turn your wrist this way is unusual. And it's just, and, you know, this is kind of an unusual shape. Mm -hmm. So as an adult, it's hard to undo that. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. So the reason you're here, trust the waves will hold you the brand new release. Uh, these are unreleased tracks you recorded with Poi Dog over 20 years ago. As we were all sheltering in place, as we were in peak COVID, you fleshed them out. Yeah. These are these are great songs. And I guess my big question is, how come they didn't become full-on Poidog songs? How, how do they become your, your exclusive property? Well, the first one, Oyster, uh, we recorded during, uh, I think it was Natural Thing. And it was during an era, it was like less... Less uh, words, more music. And I thought, oh, this is great. I can, you know, I'll write a string. I'll write it like orchestrally or symphonically and then get the guitars in there. And, um, and, and, but at the end of that, just, um, you know, when the record was ready, it just didn't fit on the record. And the other songs just point out, we're all really good friends. And it was just time to, we just tossed things back and forth to each other in our studios. And um, so the first one was just, just didn't fit on the record and the others just became Poidog songs, or I think I Poidog members playing just because they're my go-to people because I know how they play. I love how they play and I love playing with them and they're always game to try stuff. And we have a synergy now, like, you imagine. know, I mean, I can ask Dave Max Crawford to play a horn part and, He'll, he'll do something that will fit perfectly, even if he hasn't heard what I'm doing yet. So it's, they were the perfect people to be on the record. Well, you mentioned Oyster, which is what kicks this off. Everything about this song just feels big. And to me, this feels the most Poidog of the batch of songs. It would, yeah. 
Definitely so. And all the way down to the fact that that is Frank I hear on backup vocals, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? He took that song, just to, he just took it and went with it. And I loved it. It was so great. Um, the song just keeps building on itself like as, as it starts like for a minute it just keeps growing and growing you just feel that momentum and i love songs that do that oh awesome i'm so glad you heard that because there i mean when i listen to it i can hear the engineer that was you know like okay we're going to add this little bit we're going to add another vocal that goes a little higher oh we're going to add the piccolo part and there's one point in it the drummer actually ends it a little too early but i love that because it sounds like it's going to fall apart, but it doesn't. And it just keeps going to the end. So, yeah. It, it's a great song. And you mentioned the drums. So I want to jump ahead to If I Were a Boy, I'd Be You. The drums are really good on that song. Oh, the drum, they, they sound like they sound like it sounds like a marching band kind of sound. I can't really tell you who played those drums. No <laughs> one quite remembers who played them. You, you, just, but, you, know, you know too many people. You work with too many people. Yeah, and that's been a lot of years too since we recorded that. Um, but that I just love. I love that of uh, the drums in there, the drums and the string. I started the song with yeah, the, it, op- it the opens string with the violin. Hook. Yeah, yeah, and the drums are just tremendous, and so it's really a, to me a duet between the strings and the drums. Well, and it, with the sound of the drums, I love the the balance that is given between the drums and your voice. Oh, interesting! Because, because you have kind of a dreamy vocal style and the drums are i I don't know a better way to say it other than they're so percussive they're so they're really percussive yeah i never thought of that i love that you heard that they kind of work together in this beautiful way uh also on this album you know i was listening to this we're in chicago and it's as we're recording this it's december 27th just a few days ago it was horrifically cold like stay inside <laughs> you don't want to go out it, you know 30 below wind chills it's what we live with in the midwest although we weren't really ready for it in december but i was listening to ain't that the way let it go mm-hmm. uh during the 30 below wind chill day and talk about the right vibe at the right oh, time nice. like I, i'm looking out the window completely frosted over the song has these beautiful subtle horns in it it's just it was the perfect perfect song for that moment in time as i was listening let it let it it go that's so nice thank you i i started that one with that piano riff that i just started playing and then did the whole song and then i heard this phrase in my head deeply regrettable which is it reminded me of that cole porter song miss otis is unable to lunch today madam she's unable to but it's a so it's like something not quite good has happened but being very kind of accepting and respectable about it. And because the whole thing is, I mean, that last line is that um, no one is responsible. uh, No one is responsible for what becomes impossible. And it's kind of that kind of like, this is what's happened, but we're just going to be, we're just going to go, we're just going to be with it, which is an odd thing to say. So in a weird way, it's cold outside. It's the frost is on the window and, you know, you're not pushing, it's not pushing. It's not trying to, launch into the air like mm-hmm. um oyster is um or even the commandingness of um if i were a boy i'd be you so this is just kind of an acceptance of this is where we're at mm-hmm. so. and i will say let it go let it let it let it go that's one of the biggest earworms you have yeah i couldn't this. call it that anymore though <laughs> i mean because well that's already a song Oh so, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I had to like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. And I, I want to mention the cover on here. You do a cover of, with a little help from my friends, covering the Beatles always feels like, uh, maybe risky is the wrong word, but an ambitious thing to do, especially for a song. Anything the Beatles ha have recorded is familiar to everyone, instantly familiar. So there's a little bit of, I don't know, risk. I, I'll leave it at risk. But you did take the song in a very you direction. I mean, the, the violin and the horns are great on this. I mean, did yeah. you? Did you did you feel that like what what are we doing covering the Beatles or of course we're covering the Beatles? Years ago, someone asked me to. Um, they said I think you know maybe an ad agency wanted to have maybe that song, or maybe a Beatles song, and and they just said, "Can you come? You know, just choose it. Just make a cover. Choose a Beatles song, and because they are thinking of using one." And I thought, okay, I'll, okay, and so I had the, that beat. It was from Frank, actually. And I just like the Mid-Eastern violin. And I just thought, this will just kind of work. So it was more like going with the tones and the vibe. And then there's a couple, you know, like the piccolo trumpet in there. Um, and there's the kind of Eleanor Rigby strings. And it was mm, it was kind of just exploring um just seeing what we'd come up with. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to make a, the best version. Of, I mean, we want to make the best version, but right. it wasn't to try to recreate it. It was where would Dog and Max and Ted and I and that loop, where, what would it sound like? And I feel like we did it in the wintertime too, when you're talking about winter. It feels like wintertime to me. But I just love it. I, I love how it turned out, like just tonally. I just enjoy the, the tones. Max played an omnichord, which sounds like angels coming by. Matter of fact, I think it was mixed, so it starts in one ear and goes to the left ear. Um, yeah, I really like that. And it felt like a perfect song to be on the record because I had my Poi Dog Pals playing. So. Well, let, let's talk about your Poi Dog Pals because I've talked to plenty of three-piece, four-piece, five-piece bands over the years that – internal combustion just blows these artists up they these bands can't last it seems almost unthinkable with the size of poor dog pondering that it still exists that it yeah. keeps moving that that train keeps moving forward what's the secret yeah i don't know i'm gonna i have to think about that i mean frank keeps reinventing and re-exploring like any artist does you know you want to you don't want to just recreate what you've done. So you want to, there's this phrase that I really like. There's a spirit of the times and a spirit of the depths. And the spirit of the depths is kind of like, that's the stuff that goes through since the Greeks, you know, our human nature is the same a lot. A lot of themes are the same, but the spirit of times always is changing every day. Every, you know, what people, you know, ideas and thoughts. So I think Poydog just keeps exploring the spirit of the times, but also with this deeper um, feeling of that we're just all humans and we've been all experiencing a lot of this stuff for a long time. And also I think Frank is a drummer and he, he is was a drummer and he loves the saddest songs can sound absolutely euphoric, like like the gospel tent, like we will we will prevail, we will we will we will go down joyfully. Um, even in the midst of all this stuff that is not easy for all us humans that as we've been living for a while. Now, the other thing is just that I think we genuinely like each other. 
and we we I think it would have been easier for us to break up as a band at certain points, you know, when we over the years, but now it's like Saturday Night Live. We've just we've had people in and out and changes, mm-hmm. and but there's a theme that goes through and a feeling like this is I mean, I don't like to say family, but it is it is really a part of our lives. And as long as we still are creating and creating in a way that feels like fun and ex, ex, you know, discovering, that's that's I think part of it too. And can you confirm is Doug Julian the tallest man in rock? Oh my god, is he the funniest man in rock? <laughs> that, that's probably true as well. <laughs> Fair questions. Uh so again, the solo album, the the, the new release is uh it, it's available now it's trust the waves will hold you and i had a similar dialogue question when i talked to nora o'connor recently who just recently released an album after a long time of not putting out a solo album do you feel an extra vulnerability or, or pressure putting out a susan bell's album after all this time that counting the prince album Oh yeah, the Prince album. That was so fun. This one feels like that. It was just done out of just like love and joy. And um, but I know I, I don't feel I don't feel any pressure. <laughs> I feel very happy that these songs are out in the world. And very it's very fun to play them. Oh, I bet. And um I know we haven't talked about the cover, but I the cover kind of made the record just come together. And even the title. Um, so I'm just really happy that it's out there. I appreciate the fact that you take time and interest in the cover, the full presentation. Because I, I, I've talked about this before. I mean, we live in a very a la carte culture for music, mm-hmm. song by song. And just thinking of an album as one artistic package or vision that, that extends from the way the songs are sequenced to the way it's packaged and shared out into the universe. So I think that's all important stuff. It's all important. And we're quite aware that songs, then they exist on their own, but we do, it. it's a record. Someone used to say, it's a, I mean, it's a record of the time, even though the time this for this record was many years, and but it was only just in the last year that I finished it. So, but it's the record of this time. So they go together thematically. They I hear they go together sonically, they go together. And then to have a mermaid on the cover, you know, directing everything with her bow just feels funny and powerful. <laughs> so it all I goes together. <laughs> and going back to Poydog, you didn't really even intend to join the band at first, right? No, I didn't. I thought they were a little string band, you know, like playing on the street. And they, it, I had just moved from, well, I moved from New Orleans. I don't know. I thought they would, I thought they were just kind of quirky hippies barefoot. And they kind of were back then. And, um, and, and I, I, they went. They saw me play with Alejandro and uh, Ronnie Lane one night at the Continental in Austin. And this, oh, we need to fiddle on the record. And I played on their record and did my best to fiddle. And I, I really liked what I heard in the studio, but I, I didn't think they were. I didn't think I didn't think that band was as powerful. I went. Then I went to a show a few days later, and I could not believe the power. The audience was all you know, like just amazed at the. The power and joy and ability coming off that stage. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think I'd like to feel that <laughs> for the next 25, 30 years. 
I, I think one of the most amazing things, and there are many amazing things about Poydog, it's just the influence of Chicago yeah. on the music when, when the band dropped anchor here in town. Yeah. Just, yeah. The influence of house and just the vibes here in Chicago and just how open the band was to incorporating that stuff. Definitely so. And also just all the new players that came when we moved up to Chicago and, um, you know, Bridget Murphy was involved in the doing the Millie's Orchid show. So she knew dog and Paul and, but just these, and we knew, you know, we had singers in Milwaukee because Jerry Harrison was making one of the records and he had singers that he would have in a studio. So they joined us. I mean, it just, it, it was a, I don't know. Austin back then was a very small town. And so we had, you know, we had, you know, the group of people. Um, but but once we got to Chicago, it felt like we were choosing a wide range of musical influences and sure. and love of music. And I think that that I just I loved. I love that. Yeah. So looking forward, like I mentioned earlier, we're recording this at the end of December 2022. What does 2023 look like for you as a solo artist? What does it look like for Poi Dog Pondering? What can we what can we start building our calendars around? Uh, Poi is just finishing up a record right now. I mean, we just got the final mixes, and I was listening to them today. And Nora and Kelly are singing on it. And amazing! Damn, do they sound just like whoa? They're my new bandmates. They that sounds fantastic, and everything like it's just a really really good record. And so we have. Um, you know, shows coming up soon and some out of town shows in like Austin and probably New York and San Francisco. And, and I have another record that I finished. I started before the f- pandemic and finished. And I'd love to talk to you about it later. Cause it's, yes, it's entirely left turn, but it's, um, it's called anyway, it's a piano hymn record and it's, um, it's called uh, arrival of the ancestors. And it's a, when I got my child, I inherited my childhood piano and I started playing things. And I'm like, why am I playing this? And it felt like re- really otherworldly in a really beautiful way. So it's piano and violin loops and some voice. It's really nice. So I would love to cool. talk to you about that. It's super, super cool. So it should be a, a darn good year. I love it. All right. So I, I wish you a wonderful 2023 and i hope we get to talk again in the new year i am excited about all the new stuff to come but i'd be remiss if i didn't remind people trust the waves will hold you oyster is as good as a, a gateway drug to an album as anything you'll hear <laughs> just that's <laughs> that's you. what pulls you in and that, that man from there it's just awesome uh oh, la thank you. la weekly compliments your masterful and woozy violin uh which suggests your dr- instrument's been drinking again <laughs> just dreamy just dreamy <laughs> Okay. Fair. Uh, Susan Bells, thank you so much. Thank you so much, James. It's very nice to meet you.